And welcome back to another episode of Code with Kingy, where I am accompanied by Eden Monu to preview round eight of Super Rugby Aotearoa. Well, Namahi Eden, and thank you very much for joining me for the eighth preview so far of Super Rugby Aotearoa. We're into round eight now. Obviously, like the, the point of me running this show is for me to have a platform to talk my shit, but it's also an opportunity for me to chop it up with guys who I think have decent insight into the game, bro. So, yeah. Really appreciate you taking some time out tonight to help me cover all of this week's rugby. All good, bro. Thanks for uh, having me on uh, tonight's show. So, sweet, man. Let's get into it. Well, before we jump into the two games, bro, like what I like to do with any of the new guests that come on is just get an idea of what they've thought of the competition so far or any of the highlights, the lowlights. I know, like, for me, the, the refereeing and all the sort of conversations around that have been contentious, you know, just like a lot of their calls and yeah, you know, yeah. you've looked at guys like Falau Vakatava who unfortunately is out for the rest of the season, but you know, he's been a highlight of the competition so far. So do you just want to say a quick piece of yeah. what you've thought of twenty twenty one so far? All good. Um so I actually don't watch too much like Super Rugby this year and last year, so the uh, Super Rugby Aotearoa has just sort of stepped it up a notch, I think. And man, it's almost like every game's well most games end up being like a test match level. So I think uh, this uh, Super Rugby, uh, Aotearoa Super Rugby has been awesome made this year. And it's almost, for me, I sort of eye up the all-black contention. And, uh, man, it's so tight now. It's so tight. So it's probably the hardest job in the world to be an all-black selector after these these two years. So, yeah. But it's been exciting, especially the two draws. And, yeah, I think it's been awesome. It's an interesting one for the coaches, eh, because... I guess the downside of the, these boys playing like the test match footy week in, week out is, has been the attrition rate. And unfortunately, we've seen Adi Sevilla go down for what is it, the yeah. next like close to two months. And then yeah. prior to that, we've had Sam Kane go down and he's out for close to half of the year. So yeah. as good as it's been, because, you know, obviously like iron sharpens iron and, you know, the cream rises to the top. Unfortunately, when these boys are banging bodies um, against, you know, the same superhumans like week in, week out, it is effectively taking a toll. So, yeah, hopefully we don't run ourselves here in New Zealand into the ground so that way by the time we get to playing like Australia and South Africa, we're almost fielding a an undermanned side, bro. Yeah. But, yeah, but yeah, again, like, like you, I've liked the competition. I think it's good that we've got the Trans-Tasman bubble coming up. As much as yeah. I love having close games, I just think it's going to be even refreshing for the players in a sense just to get out of the country and actually, like, test themselves against guys they haven't been around, you know, what has it been like the last 12 months, you know, pretty much week in, week out, especially for those yeah. all-black boys. Yeah, definitely. All right, so game one, uh, rolling into round eight, is the Highlanders at the Blues. Now, the Highlanders aren't mathematically out of the race for the, the 2021 title, but their coach, Tony Brown, after last week's loss to the Chiefs, pretty much pulled them out of the running. Um, and two of the glaring areas for them in that loss were namely the goal kicking, unfortunately for Mitch Hunt, after his superb showing against the Crusaders the week before, and then just some of the discipline, just allowing the Chiefs to get out of their own red zone, stress-free, and just areas around the park where Damian McKenzie was able to knock over threes and give them a 10-point buffer going into that last quarter of the game. But... Yeah, I mean, on top of that as well for them is well, one of the glaring, another glaring thing for me as a whole has just been their injury toll. I mean, they haven't had any luck with 
the, the boys taking the knocks and getting up off the ground rather than being shown the sideline because Putty Putty Parkinson, who spent most of the back end of last year rehabbing an ankle, seemed to have hurt it again. Um, yeah. We're still having to wait on scans to, to reveal like how severe that injury possibly is. So given them being, I, I guess, by their coach ruled out of the race, so that I'm not sure what that does for them psychologically, them having all of these injuries and then playing you know, relatively poorly um, in their last outing. Do you think that they have the actual manpower on deck to take it to the Blues this Friday? Well, man, you saw after the, uh, that game against the Crusaders and last week as well, like anything can happen, especially, man, even with a, a sort of, I don't know if you want to call it a weekend side, Highlanders and Megan, buddy, they, they can be, actually any team can be competitive in this, in this year's comp, eh? We've seen last week with the Hurricanes as well. Um, they were sort of ruled out. But Highlanders, um, nah, I don't think I don't think any team you can rule any team out this year, especially after the last couple of weeks. Like I think Highlanders, like I said before, they had a week inside against Crusaders, uh, and they performed well better than the Crusaders. They ended up smoking them. So anything goes for me. But yeah, obviously with the amount of injuries, it, it is going to take its toll. But yeah, I guess man, we'll just have have to wait and see. To be honest. It's a pretty optimistic way to look at it. I think the thing for me was there were a few guys that came into the fold in that middle area, especially against the Crusaders, namely someone like a Thomas Umanga Jensen. Yeah. Um, obviously, the loss of Falau Vakatava, as I mentioned early on in the piece, you know, that's been a massive hit because I think they formed quite a nice one two punch with him and Aaron Smith. Yeah. Hi. And then, yeah, like Parkinson was coming into his own, like coming into the locking position. And mm. then even like their front row stocks have taken a hit. I thought the likes of Ethan De Groot and Siati Tokolahi and I think you've got Aiden Johnston coming back who've added a bit of spark there. And I mean Ash Dixon and Lee and Coltman, you know, they're all black caliber players, but yeah, I must not I'm I I feel like the, the Vakatava one was a massive hit for them given like the way in which the Highlanders were playing. It's almost like you have to keep Vakatava at bay for a good hour and then you're bringing on, you know, to me the greatest all black halfback ever. Yeah, hard And so like how you sort of controlled that dynamic would have been quite complex for all the teams that they came up against. And then, yeah, I, I mentioned in the recap podcast with my mate Teddy that we did on Monday that I felt like the midfield is an area that's been quite a concern for Tony Brown and hence the reason why he looked to pinch a few boys from outside of his region, namely that Fatuli Pye, who was with the Crusaders last year. Unfortunately, he went down in the preseason. And it's just been a bit of like a... A massive rotation in that space. I mean, like one week you have Sierra Tompkinson and Ponyvai, and then the next week you've got Umanga Jensen and Collins, and then you've had Scott yeah. Gregory come in. There just there just hasn't been any cohesion yeah. or like time in the yeah. saddle for that combination. And I feel like, especially like as a backline, you can get breached quite a lot. And I and I talked about the, the fact that Quintu Pyre and Antonina Brown seem to have a field day. If you, if you look at the running meters of those boys, clocked up in comparison to the opposites, so. Yeah, yeah, I think yeah. especially against the Blues, like with Riku Iwani, even though he hasn't been in his best, I mean, he's having his old running mate TJ Fiani back in there with him, which should give him a lot more confidence. Not to take anything away from Harry Plummer, but I just think the experience that Fiani brings and a bit more directness will free up a lot of the space for Iwani um, against a an experienced combination in the Landers, yeah. bro. So yeah, yeah. That's, like where, are said, they, um, where are they playing? They're, 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 they're playing at the zoo, so that should play into the Landers' hands in a way. But... <laughs> but yeah at the same time like, like for me I'm just not quite sure how they're going to be yeah. man for man against the Blues because I mean the the Blues are 
during the preseason and even in the early stages was touted um, by many, including yours truly, as the only side capable of knocking off the reigning champs. But yeah, they travel to Dunedin where for them it's almost like a must-win game. I know that there's still two points ahead of the Chiefs on the standings, but if you look at the next two fixtures for the Blues, should they drop this game, they've got the Crusaders next week in Christchurch, which I don't see the Crusaders dropping. And then if all goes well for the Chiefs, that sets up almost like a semi-final between those yeah. two to see who takes on the Crusaders in the final. So I think inside their camp, they'll be wanting to get this job done just to give them that step ahead on the Chiefs and not yeah, so much definitely. have to rely on that last game. Um, but in saying that, they only just managed to sneak past the Hurricanes and that was a subpar showing on, on, on their half. And then their previous two results um, to that fixture were losses and showings of great inaccuracy. So... For you, you know, given what you've seen from the Blues team in the last couple of weeks, what do you think that they're missing? Uh, man, I'm actually, I've been actually quite impressed with how they've been sort of growing and developing as a team. Like, they've got some dangerous uh, uh, weapons in the arsenal in that team. Like, uh, I think we haven't seen their best. We've only seen that in patches. And if we do see their best, they're going to be dangerous. Missing, I mean, I don't know. I don't know if they're missing anything. I think they're just missing a good solid performance but to be honest yeah apart from that I can't see what do you what do you think I don't know I felt like you know a lot was made of their four pack and I and I do really like the the big fellas that they have up front and they look to slow the game down quite a lot because they're quite dominant at set piece mm. you know they've given they've got four black props their their loose forward trio are close to all being all blacks and then their second row was a you know very much so toilers so they work quite well together as a pack but just for me the last couple of weeks I just I almost felt like their game plan has almost been snuffled out and where they've taken them away from their strengths you know like I just mentioned the set piece and maybe the contact area and teams are looking to play a little bit wider on them and they just haven't quite adapted Uh, I mean like Altity Black did a really good job obviously with all that front football but he's been a bit of a different player um, the last couple of weeks and then that's obviously flowed on to the rest of the back line like Riku Iwani hasn't been making the same breaks Mm. Caleb Clark's only popped up every now and then. And, I mean, like, yeah, it was just a, a nice step from Pedal Fetter and Rico Iwani getting on the outside of a fatty, you know, in their game against the Canes. That was the difference yeah. in the end. And, yeah. So, You would yeah. have um, noticed um, Ruru coming off the bench and, like, sort of injecting a little bit of uh, energy in the last sort of 20 minutes. I noticed they sort of uh, end up lifting a little bit. Yeah, that that was straight. interesting because I'm not actually, like, the biggest fan of Ruru and I'm quite surprised that he's, well... Surprise, probably isn't the right word. Um, you know, like given how well Sam Nock was playing last year and the raps that Finlay Christie had on him going into like that North South game last year, I just sort of thought those two would be the two. But obviously, he's been putting in the mahi in the preseason and has impressed the coaches during their trainings during the week to, yeah. you know, at least get himself into that 23. And even when he has been playing, bro, like he's been quite disruptive, almost like Pedernada like because he is, yeah. he is quite a big halfback. Yeah, um, yeah, and yeah, maybe he's just like bringing something different to the table than those other two, and and it's working quite well for them. So yeah, mm. I guess all the best to him going forward, even though he's not my cup of tea. But <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I'll start us off here, bro. Like, I I can't see the Highlanders winning this one for me. I yeah. feel like the Blues have too much on the line, and I think that this is the the stage where you know they they really turn it on and, and show that they're contenders you know even though we haven't quite seen it in, in the bigger games yeah, yeah i just feel like the, this home stretch you know given what leo mcdonald and tana umanga have been working on off the back of last year and these last two months i i feel like they'll go down to Dunedin, and get the job done and they'll take a lot of confidence from that and then hopefully put themselves in good stead when they take on the crusaders in christchurch the following week what about you 
Nah, well, for me, you know, uh, we've seen the Highlanders back in the corner before, and I wouldn't rule them out. But I would say definitely favourite to the Blues, but uh, yeah, I've been fooled by the Highlanders before that Crusaders game, so never say never with the Highlanders. Yeah, well, they're obviously going to have to back Mitch Hunt to get, get some rectification on his goal kicking because I think that was, um, yeah, it was weird to see the guy go from almost money one week to then <laughs> yeah. not being able to like hit anything. It was almost like a round of golf for the poor bastard. And yeah. unfortunately, like with a with a task like goal kicking, it is so evident because you know all eyes are on you when you're taking these place kicks. And yeah, it's just it's funny the difference that a week makes um, for a rugby yeah. player, bro. Like you get judged week in week out. But rolling on to our next game. Uh, Chiefs taking on the Crusaders. This one's taking place in Hamilton. Now, if you'd have checked the TAB odds for the Chiefs playing in this year's Super Rugby Aotearoa final at the halftime stage during their clash with the Hurricanes back in round three, my best bet would have been that that return would have been substantial because what were they were down already like 0-2 to begin the season and they were down mm. by 20 points in that game. So, yeah, I actually went and checked the, the odds today and they are paying $4.20 to go on, the third favourites behind the Crusaders and the Blues. Now, oh, nice. there's almost like a calmness to their play since getting the monkey off their back um, in that Hurricanes game, and I feel like a lot of that has been the, the growth and confidence and the influence of the All Blacks. So, yeah, I, I really can't you know begin to say how invaluable they've been. So, oh. given they need to really win this game to keep their fate in their own hands rather than relying on the Blues to lose games, um, namely against the Red and Blacks next weekend, is there more pressure on them going into this one or the Crusaders given their form slump? Well, for me, I think Crusaders have really set the benchmark probably around, probably the first game they set the benchmark and every game from then on is almost Crusaders game to lose. And for me, this is the finals. This is, uh, some say Blues, I think Chiefs Crusaders is the finals. Chiefs has been um, increasing their uh, performance over the last few weeks, especially some clutch plays by McKenzie. But I've been uh, impressed by uh, the whole pack. Like some of unknowns to me, like uh, what's his name? Jacobson has been awesome this year. And I think it is Crusaders game to lose for me. But if Chiefs can bring it out, yeah, they can definitely execute those clutch plays if it has to come to that. Yeah, bro, 100%. Now, you'd be forgiven to think that the Crusaders would come out firing after a home loss to their southern rivals. But... For the second straight game, um, this being last weekend, the title holders misfired in areas that you'd think they'd typically nail, mm, yeah. namely the set piece and with ball in hand inside the opposition's 22. So how much of the onus do you put on their skill set not coming through versus their opponent's defence, so that being the Hurricanes and the Highlanders and the amount of disruption that they cause um, in their structures? I think uh, for me, from what I can see, uh, Crusaders came out into this competition firing and the other teams didn't. And because they set the benchmark, it actually gave those other teams like a bit of a drive to lift. Um, the big big note, like I said before, was the Highlanders. Um, you started seeing like Will Jordan getting cut down, Moanga having no space, like all their key players just getting completely negated every chance they got. Uh, so for me, it's about the other teams rising. Like Hurricanes got better. It was a dual die for them. They they played the, um, a good game, you know. And so now it's like all the other teams are sort of caught up mentally, or team uh, chemistry's gone up. So and that's sort of sort of um, put off the Crusaders off guard because they used to just flowing through teams. I think. Yeah, I mean, like handling errors are handling errors, and I think they had like 
15 of them in their loss to the Highlanders. And mm. that's just not what you expect from a Crusaders team when they're playing at home. And then, yeah, rolling into last weekend, I just thought that a couple of errors, you know, namely there was the kickoff that they didn't take, which Sevilla scored off. And then there was the the try to Laomapi in that first half as well, which I think almost sort of shocked the Crusaders. And they're just like, oh, shit. You know, <laughs> especially like after Joe Moody and Jack Goodhue went down. And then like all of a sudden it was 17 all yeah. after them being 14-3 up. And With a young card, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I think it took them a bit of time um, in that second half to really sort of try and push away from the Hurricanes. And, you know, full credit to those boys, you know, the – the, the lads in black and yellow, they managed to keep themselves in the fight. But yeah, unfortunately for them, you know, Mitch Dunche managed to latch on to the, the young halfback Cam Royguard's box kick and then David <laughs> yeah. Havili dropped into the pocket and kicked the points that counted um yeah. in the golden point. So yeah, yeah, I, I think there probably is a bit more pressure on the Chiefs given, you know, they'll want to keep their, the fate in their own hands and given the high they've been riding and all the raps that Clayton McMillan's been getting, I think this is this sort of smells like an opportunity for the Crusaders to put the Chiefs in their place. But as you yeah. said, it's, it's hard to rule anyone out. And when you've got the likes of Brad Weber, McKenzie, Anton mm. Brown, and then even some younger fellas like Atene Nanai Saturo, Chase Tiatia, Quintu Pire strutting out and, and putting their best foot forward, alarm bells ring whenever those boys touch the ball. So... Um, that um, Tupaya, he's uh, been playing awesome for me. He's sort of come out of nowhere, probably. Um, and so, like you said, those centres are going to be deadly this week. Because you said good who's out this week with injury. Um, so, who knows? Who knows what happens? I'd actually had my own reservations about Tupaya, but like you said, he has turned it on lately. I guess the thing for me, like especially when you're elevating to that all-black level and he's probably not mm. quite there yet, it's just nah, more yeah. so the defensive side of the game. And I think he got caught out a bit last year. But a lot has changed since he's actually switched back to second five rather than centre. I think that's actually taken a lot of the weight off his shoulders in terms of leading that defensive line because I think, I mean, you'd know, you know, sort of being like a wing three-quarter that, you know, playing centre is almost like the unsung hero. In a way, I don't think people quite value you know like what a good center actually brings to a team and actually linking up with his wingers and making sure they don't get beaten on the inside so I think yeah. the switch back to second five has been um, really good for him I think that Anton Leonard Brown's um, even though his form wasn't that great to begin the year um, since they've been winning you know obviously like he's come a, he's come a long way and got back to the form that we're used to seeing him playing so all that sort of stuff's rubbing off on him and yeah got on the lad I mean yeah like I said I, I had my own reservations about him but I've had to eat humble pie with a lot of guys, and he looks like he's going to be another one. <laughs> yeah. um, so are you saying Crusaders is going to win this week? Yeah, bro. I, again, if I'm a betting man, which I'm not, because I'm yeah. the worst on the punt, um, <laughs> but yeah, like gun to my head, I just can't see this Chiefs team beating the Crusaders. Even though the Crusaders are the visitors in this one, I just think two lackluster showings, you know. They say things happen in threes, but <laughs> at the same time, like Scott Robertson is a, is a different kettle of fish, and I think after two pretty shit performances he'll have the boys firing but again man yeah. like I, I, I said that last week and you know if the Chiefs can get it done I'd be all for that because that puts them in a better position to be playing in that final because I yeah. don't want the Blues to be there but yeah gun to my head Crusaders what about you? <laughs> uh, I'll have to go Chiefs I've just uh, just given the momentum same thing head as Crusaders but hard as Chiefs hopefully uh, McKenzie pulls a three feet <laughs> <laughs> Me too, bro, even though I put my money the other way. But that's a wrap for our preview, bro. Obviously, I have to get Sweet. you back on on yeah. Sunday or Monday, depending on what your schedule's like to get All the good. recap. And 
yeah, man, again, appreciate your time, and I look forward to hopefully seeing the Highlanders get up <laughs> and the Chiefs. Yeah, sweet.